I'm going to start talking to you here in just a minute about the climate change emergency um, and what that's going to mean to you, what it could mean to you. Uh, we're already having food shortages in the entire world, and they're going to hit here as well. Please uh, do yourself a favor and be a part of the solution, not the problem. Uh, don't be uh, in a breadline waiting for the government to help you out. Instead, may I recommend you call my Patriot Supply today. Preparewithglenn.com. My Patriot Supply has uh, ready to uh, ready to eat uh, three month emergency food kits for each member of your family, and you can get these and store them. They last up to twenty five years. They have uh, a sale going on now for $150 off the regular price. So do it now. The farmers are telling you, I'm telling you, there is trouble coming. Please be prepared. Don't be foolish and ignore the farmers. Preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. Go there now. Radio show begins in just a few seconds. Stand by. America, it is Wednesday. We've got a ton on the plate to eat, beginning with the climate emergency. An executive order from the White House? We begin there in 60 seconds. Our sponsor is Relief Factor. John writes in about his experience with Relief Factor. He says, I was physically unable to work because of a painful knee problem. I heard about Relief Factor, decided I have to give it a try. Now, not only can I work, but I can go hiking and bike riding, and I virtually have no pain. Thank you, Relief Factor. John, great. Good for you. Getting your life back, doing the things that you want to do again. That's the point of Relief Factor. It has uh, four key ingredients that work with your body to fight inflammation. Uh, And it doesn't make you drowsy or anything else. Inflammation really is the main cause of most of our pain. It's a three-week quick start right now, developed for you for $19.95. It's a dollar a day. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and 70% of them go on to order more. Why? Because it works like it works for me. Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. All right. Welcome, Pat Gray. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Pat Gray Unleashed, filling in. Yeah, filling in for uh, Stu to, uh, today and the rest of the week. Um, the White House yesterday was asked about declaring a climate emergency and an abortion emergency. 
Uh, wow. Uh, here is what the White House said. How concerned is the White House it may land up sort of angering female voters if it does a sort of go ahead and announce a climate emergency ahead of a public health emergency considering we haven't seen uh, such an announcement after Roe? Is that is that why maybe the timing well, has been moved or? No, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look into, I wouldn't make that uh, uh, into an issue. I th both of both of those things are still on the table. We just haven't oh, good. Uh, announced them or made a decision yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. So we might have a health emergency and <clears throat> a climate emergency, which is, which is just going to be great. Now, I want you to understand, the climate emergency, um, they keep using that word, but I don't think it means what you think it means. Um, they are not... Declaring an emergency because of gas prices, they are declaring an emergency because it's summer, uh, and the gas prices actually are a benefit to them. Here's Pete Buttigieg yesterday. Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. Mm. Ah, okay, okay. Mm. So we got that going for us. So what does it mean that uh, there's a climate change emergency? Well, the Pentagon says, uh, John Kirby yesterday said that uh, it's a national security issue. It's, it's, uh, it affects everything, including our infrastructure. Oh, my gosh. If I hear any more about our freaking infrastructure, <laughs> how much money does the inf it's like It's like the Ronald McDonald house. How big of a house does this clown need? How much infrastructure? We are constantly hearing about we need another trillion dollars for infrastructure. Uh, okay, great. So here's what uh, Biden's climate emergency may mean. Um, people don't realize that the, the president has 140 separate powers that he can enact uh, as, as he declares a climate emergency. And he's the only one that can decide whether it's an emergency, and he's the guy who stops the climate emergency or an emergency. So if he wants to declare a health emergency and a climate emergency, we're in real trouble. We're in real trouble. The only emergency is, is that Congress finally said, because of uh, Joe Manchin, we're not passing any of this green stuff. We're not doing it. I refuse to vote on the green stuff and vote in favor because you're going to then just spend all that money and we are already in an inflationary period with, uh, with a deficit we can't afford at this point. I'm not going to throw gasoline on this. So what he's going to do is, um, <laughs> or at least what he can do, is he can take charge of many, many, many different things for instance um he can uh declare an, an, an emergency uh and uh, stop all media if media is saying something that he says is adding to the emergency he can shut down that media he can imprison people for uh for their words um uh, it is all-encompassing on what the president can and cannot do. Um, they've done this many, many times before.
but most presidents, uh, the first one, the first, when do you think the first emergency was declared uh, at first president? Uh, Woodrow Wilson? Come on. Yeah, Woodrow Wilson. What a surprise. Mm-hmm. It's Woodrow Wilson. So Woodrow Wilson uh, uh, did it. Then FDR did it when he rounded up the Japanese. That was done under an emergency order uh, as well. So they can do pretty much anything. George W. Bush, the mm-hmm. warrantless wiretaps, uh, the torture of the terrorists, et cetera, et cetera. That was an emergency order as well. Harry Truman tried to seize the, the uh, steel plants. Um, during the Korea War, and he actually got so much pushback on it, it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court slapped his hands and said, you can't do that. That's probably what would happen, hopefully. Hopefully, that is what would happen uh, with this president. Um, but uh, do you, you count on that? No. They, they have apparently decided... Uh, Biden has supposedly decided that he's not going to declare a climate emergency for now, but he Today. reserves the right yeah. to do that. You know, sometime in the future, could be yes. tomorrow, could be next week. Uh, right. But that's amazing restraint on his part. I got to say, I'm kind of surprised he didn't do it already. Aren't you? I, I th- really thought. Yeah, okay, I don't would... really. No, I. You know, I'm not rooting for him. I'm not rooting for him to do it. No, I, I'm not either. I'm not. I'm just surprised he didn't. Yeah, it, it surprises me. Uh, well, he's he does have the problem where he's got squabbling kids. These radicals. The they want mm-hmm. a health emergency declared for uh, for abortion and the climate emergency. And mm-hmm. which one is he going to please first? Yeah, I mean that's really yep. that's really frightening really frightening um he can do many things he can reinstate the crude oil export ban which means we couldn't export any oil which would be suicide for us and the rest of the world um he also can uh reduce emissions by the equivalent of Mm -hmm. shutting down 42 coal plants um uh he would if he shuts down uh, export that means uh, gas as well so fracking would be stopped in texas and new mexico um uh, he's already done the fossil fuel lease uh, things no new leases but now they're trying to uh pressure him into just saying stop drilling altogether and this guy has um uh already acquiesced to the left he is being controlled by the far left it's uh it's not a good thing this is something that we talked about how many weeks ago i think i did a whole show about four or five weeks ago on the uh coming emergency i said it'd be a health emergency or a climate emergency um uh, but it is coming, and the reason why that is so dangerous is that's the end of republic kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know if you saw uh, there was a uh, was it Slate or Vanity Fair? One of those. They they were talking about how dangerous these emergencies are. 
Don't you realize what a president can do if he can declare a a national emergency? Uh, I mean, he can control the the press. He can control the Internet. He can have things banned. uh, He's got a kill switch. He can take uh, your bank account away from you. He can make sure that you don't have a job, that you're not going to work, that you have to stay in your house. This is what they were saying about President Trump uh, when he declared a national emergency, COVID. uh, And they were so worried that he was going to do a national emergency on voting. Because if he declares a national emergency, he can control the votes. He can change things. They don't seem to be worried about that now. We're talking two emergencies, and we don't seem to be worried about it in the mainstream press. Not good. Not good. Um, all right, let me, uh, let me change topics here to uh, AOC. Did you see how brave she was oh, yesterday, Pat? Man, led away because of her commitment to this issue and just standing in the wow. face of the a big brother, being handcuffed and brutally handled by police officers it was something to see oh. she's a brave woman when they I'm... pantomimed when when the police pantomimed throwing her up against a police car <laughs> uh and then uh-huh. they put those invisible uh-huh. handcuffs on her yeah it that was, was scary i was, was scared police brutality yeah definitely yeah, yeah. when i saw the invisible cop standing <laughs> on her throat i thought that is and how about that is too far. how about when they did the invisible wall around her? That really scared me. I I didn't think she'd ever get oh out of there. Oh my gosh. Frightening. Well, I was afraid I was afraid <laughs> of a non-existent inv- invisible rape uh that was going to be happening to her. And I'm sure she was horrified, you know. Oh yeah. That 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 could happen to her. Oh yeah. You know, some invisible cop has her in an invisible box mm-hmm. in invisible handcuffs mm-hmm. and then he because he's invi- in, uh, invisible, he rapes her, yeah. you know, in a pantomime sort of way. Well, that would have been... And that would have been the realization of what she was scared about on J6 when she wasn't there, exactly but got so right. scared of being raped at the building she wasn't in. So, yeah, yeah. that would have been something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there would have been an invisible cop that would have taken her in invisible handcuffs to the other building to be raped <laughs> on January 6th. That's what would have happened. That probably almost happened. It almost did. Almost happened. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, the the uh, the imaginary cops were everywhere that day. Yeah. Uh, by the way, let's not leave uh, Omar out of this. Uh, they both pantomimed handcuffs yesterday. So brave. So stupid. Oh, man. So very brave. <laughs> so very brave. Ah, so brave. Now, let me ask you, what are the odds that both of them were put into invisible handcuffs and uh they just they just had those invisible handcuffs on them spontaneously each of them doing it without any kind of coordination oh yeah what, what, do you, what, what are, are the, what odds? Do you think the odds are oh long odds mm. long odds they certainly didn't coordinate <laughs> that that would be that would not be right. organic glenn if they did it that way yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you, did you notice that AOC and Omar had green bandanas on? I didn't notice that, no. No. Okay, I... yeah. So they're, they were both wearing green bandanas. Now, green bandanas are, are interesting. Uh, most people don't know what the green bandana means, but 
that the green bandanas are from a group called Rise Up for Abortion Rights. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because we, we pointed this out last week on our Wednesday night special, uh, that, uh, the Rise Up for Abortion Rights actually, mm, actually kind of not a good group, uh, because it's, it's, it's tied in to another group. The, uh, the leader of Rise Up is Sincera Taylor. We told you about her on Monday. I told you about her last week as well. Um, Taylor is the right-hand man to uh, Bob Avakian, the radical uh, mm. from the 1960s. Do you remember him? Mm-hmm. He's the guy who went to Colorado and started the Revolutionary Communist Party USA. Mm. Oh, mm. wait a minute. So the Communist Party USA gave birth to the Rise Up for Abortion Rights and that's who's wearing the green bandanas, the communists. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So does she know that's a communist sign? Of course she does. Does she know that this is this is started from a guy, you know, Bob in Colorado. That's all she knew. A Bob in Colorado. Uh-huh. Do, do communists actually expect people to believe, and do people actually believe that communists actually give a crap about women and abortions? Or the environment or any I mean, other of their special little causes? Of course not. Of course not. So what you saw yesterday, AOC and Omar, those are literal use, useful idiots used by the communists. Mm-hmm. And that's why the police had to invisibly throw them up against that invisible wall, frisk them in manners that were really almost rapish, and then put those invisible handcuffs on them. Mm -hmm. And it was abuse. It was abuse. All right. Back in just a second. Our sponsor this half hour. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. If you're considering a new home purchase this year, here's a message for you. I don't know if you knew this, but you can actually unlock your mortgage rate before you start your home shopping. So for 120 days, you can go in uh, and get pre-approved and get the financing that you need. Do that right now. I think it's I think it's next week that they're talking about um, uh, actually uh, raising the interest rate possibly another point so you can hold in and lock in this rate for 120 days with american financing american financing no pressure no obligation lending experience it's uh american financing do yourself a favor today and give them a call they can help you you know maybe they can't but i think they can uh 1-800-906-2440 americanfinancing.net 10 seconds station id All right, tonight on a Wednesday night special. Have you ever, has anybody noticed that our Wednesday night special always is ahead of the news? I'll see things that are happening. Um, gosh, what was it? Just yesterday, somebody came out with a news story that we're like, and did you know George Soros is a bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> mm, wow. Our audience has known that one for a while. Um, 
Uh, but uh, we're ahead of the game again tonight. Uh, we're going to touch on some things that haven't been touched on. Uh, and I use that word uh, probably inartfully, uh, considering that we are talking about the Biden family and Hunter and Joe Biden's relationship. Um, we have seen scandal after scandal after scandal in this country. Uh, you know, the teapot dome scandal, which I, I don't even know what that was. Watergate, uh, Lewinsky. The thing that happened with all of these scandals in the past is eventually somebody paid for it. 60% of Americans believe that Joe, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden will not have to pay for any of any of the crimes that may have been committed. Um, they don't think that Hunter Biden will be convicted or even tried or brought up on charges. That's remarkable. If we really, truly believe that our justice system is that corrupt, and I think it is, but it's that corrupt, what do we have left as a nation? Joe Biden is at the center of what is, I believe, the biggest corruption scandal in presidential family history. It has been given a free pass, but not on my program. So many questions, so many red flags, so many conflicts of interest surrounding the Biden family business activities that it's hard to keep track. The latest is he is benefiting and getting money from his company that that is uh, partly owned by the Chinese Communist Party. This company, the highest bidder on our I'm getting all kinds of stuff in my headphones. I don't know why um, they were the highest bidder on all of the. Uh, all of the uh, the oil that we release from our strategic oil reserve. Absolute nightmare. How did that happen? Well, it happened because we're we've got a corrupt administration. Find out all of the uh, all of the details and the latest from his laptop that uh, I've got a few questions on some of the salacious stuff, too, that we've never brought up. We've never talked about, but it's. It's really out of control at this point. Join me tonight, Criminal Cronies, the never-ending trail of the Biden family corruption. Tonight, 9 p.m., only on Blaze TV and Blaze TV YouTube. The Glenn Beck Program. Patriot Mobile, I want you to consider switching your phone service to Patriot Mobile today, right here and now. It's I know it's a plunge, to leave behind that big mobile company that gives you, you know, that mediocrity uh, in service and, and that premium price that you pay, especially with those things that are added on your bill. Have you ever looked at it? And you're like, wait a minute, what what is that charge even for? You don't have to deal with a crappy company anymore. And I mean crappy company, not that Verizon doesn't, you know, provide, you know, good coverage. It's crappy because they are spending their money and that's fine for them to do but i don't want to give them my money so they can give it to planned parenthood that's what verizon does get into bed with somebody who is actually getting up every morning and fighting for the things you believe in and they give you superior service all here in the united states the same coverage and at a better price get free activation now at patriotmobile.com slash back 
That's patriotmobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. patriotmobile.com slash Beck. Don't forget to use the promo code GLEN to get $10 off your subscription at blazetv.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This national emergency thing really bothers me, uh, and it, 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 it's shocking to me how many things that we have talked about in the past are, are here now. Um, and the national emergency thing is something that, like in the last four weeks, I had a whole show on it and saying, this is what's coming next. And uh, while the, for yesterday, they thought for a while he was going to declare a national emergency today. Um, but the White House has said, don't look for it today, but it could be coming next week. That's terrifying. That should chill you to the bone. It's one of those things that I said four weeks ago. If they declare a national health or climate emergency, run for the hills. Run for the hills. It was interesting to see the squad, too, just blatantly wearing those green bandanas like you were talking about, which shows their affiliation with the communist, the revolutionary communist party in America. But the thing is, they don't care anymore. They don't care. They think they're too far Mm -mm. down the road that we can do anything about it. And... Uh, as you started saying, I think in about 2009, they're just going to show themselves because they're proud of who they are and what they are. They, they love it. And they can't wait to tell you what they're doing and who they are and what they are. And so if we don't do anything about it now, this is all going to be on us because they're just outright saying it, showing it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let, let me let me go through. And this is so incredible because we are dealing with people who want to destroy our Constitution, want to reset absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. And they are so close to doing it. A national emergency. um, The president doesn't have to explain in great detail. He can just declare the national emergency because of, uh, you know, climate and then he has to outline to Congress some of the things that he wants to do. Um, and But nobody can stop him in, unless it's the Supreme Court. So we have these, and we talked about this maybe six months ago. They're called PEDs or PEDs, Presidential Executive, uh, no, Presidential Emergency Directives. And... Uh, these are secret even from Congress. Congress doesn't even know what they are. They are presidential directives. When a president comes in, he says, what are the possible emergencies that could happen that I won't have time to respond on? And they'll say, you know, a nuclear war with Russia. Okay. So there's a, a PAD, and these PADs are executive emergency orders that are remain unsigned. So Congress doesn't know what they are because they're not in effect. So this was the big worry of the left that President Trump had all of these PADs already done and all he'd have to do is sign them and you can move quickly. So the president right now, they are working on one of those PADs, an emergency directive that would give the president 140 special uh, powers. And, and let me just g- give you a scenario here 
Um, and this is this is from let me see who's who printed this. Uh, this is from the Atlantic back in 2019. Uh, they were worried about the the president doing a, a a national emergency. Claims of emergency or necessity cannot uh, legitimize martial law until they can. Presented with this ambiguity, presidents have explored the outer limits of their constitutional emergency authority in a series of directors, uh, directives known as the Presidential Emergency Action Documents, or PIADs, which originated as part of the Eisenhower administration to ensure continuity of government in the wake of a Soviet nuclear attack. They are draft executive orders, proclamations, and messages to Congress that are prepared in advance of anticipated emergency Piads are closely guarded within the government. No one has ever, not one has ever been publicly released or leaked. Their contents have occasionally been described in public sources, including FBI memorandums where they were attained through Freedom of Information Act, as well as agency manuals and court docu- uh, documents. According to these sources, PIADs drafted from the 1950s through the 1970s would authorize not only martial law, but the suspension of habeas corpus by the executive branch, the revocation of America's passports, the roundup and detention of subversives identified uh, in an FBI security index that contained more than 10,000 names. Now, this is what was in there in the 1970s that we know. Can you imagine the list of enemies? Can you imagine the list of enemies to the climate? How many people do you know on radio that have been called enemies of the climate, that they're climate deniers, and these people should be put in jail? If the president issues an executive order on emergency action, it gives him the power to be able to arrest those people and hold them without habeas corpus. So you, you don't have a judge involved. You don't have a trial. No hearing involved in that. So <clears throat> they talk about this and they say, let me give you this scenario from the Atlantic. Trump's inflammatory tweets provoke predictable saber rattling from Iranian leaders. He responds by threatening preemptive military strikes. Some Defense Department officials have misgivings, but others have been waiting for such an opportunity. As Iran's statement grow more warlock, uh, more warlike, Iranophobia takes hold among the American public. Now, just take Iran out and replace it with Russia. Take Trump out and replace it with Biden. It's exactly what's going on right now. Proclaiming the threat of war. Trump invoked Section 706 of the Communications Act to assume government control over Internet traffic inside the United States in order to prevent the spread of Iranian disinformation and propaganda. Now, we already know the Department of Homeland Security is saying that there are many sources of propaganda, mis, dis, and malinformation. We know they're tracking it right now. And we also know that their point of view is not necessarily your point of view. You don't think they would do this? It's a climate emergency. He also declares a national emergency under uh, EPA, authorizing the Treasury Department to freeze the assets of any person or organization suspected of supporting Iran's activities against the United States. 
We've seen this happen in Canada. Wielding the authority conferred by these laws, the government shuts down several left-wing, uh, left-leaning websites and domestic civil society organizations based on government determinations, classified, of course, that they are subject to Iranian influence. Now, they already have this scenario. The difference between, I think, conservatives and Marxists is Marxists... Uh, will warn you about fascism, but will not warn you about communism. <laughs> Where I will tell you, yeah, there are fascists out there. There are people on the far, 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 far right that I think they're so far right that they're actually left like a circle. But, you know, if you want to claim that fascists are on the right, fine. Fascists are on the right. Great. Yes, they exist. And I do believe there are people on the right that wouldn't mind seizing power, but it's few and far between and would not have regular uh, American support. The left, however, that is the Democratic Party. It is no longer the Democratic Party. They are beholden to the Marxist communist left as as evidenced by the green bandanas around their necks. Okay, so they don't see it from their own side, but they do see the same problem that we see. If you think Donald Trump can do it, why do you why do you sus- uh, suppose that that uh, Joe Biden wouldn't do it when the climate emergency is I can't get Congress to do what I want them to do when the health emergency is. I can't get Congress and I can't get uh, the Supreme Court to do what I want to do. That's not the definition of emergency. That's the definition of you suck at politics or you're out of step with the American people or the Constitution. And it's Protests per- erupt. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's pretty amazing, too, uh, what we're okay with when it's our our party in power like under george w bush if you remember at the beginning we were all for the patriot act now it turned out years later we realized that that was stupid and we shouldn't have been for it but we were because it was our guy uh you know i'm sure it it was the same thing with the alien and sedition act under uh john adams back in uh 1800 you're okay because he's your guy yeah, and that's the problem. We can't have a guy. It's why I've never asked you to trust me. I've never asked you to trust me on anything. I've always said, do your own homework and root them in principles. It's why the 912 Project was different than the Tea Party. The 912 Project was rooted in principles and values. That's where your loyalty needs to be. Not to me, not to anybody else. You, you can't just follow someone blinding and say, he's my guy. Loyalty is important. You know, you don't just sell people out. But if they are breaking the values and the uh, principles that you hold dear, you need to call them on it. You need to call them on it. Mm-hmm. One, one more thing on this. Um, he, the, the Atlantic goes on and says, this is the scenario under Trump. 
Um, protests erupt on Twitter. Trump calls the protesters traitors and suggests in capital letters that they could use a good beating when the counter protesters oblige, which would would not happen, would not happen because that's not what the right does. Trump blames the original protesters for sparking the violent confrontation and deploys the Insurrection Act to federalize the National Guard in several states. Do you not see with what they're setting up with January 6th? Do you not see that this is this is their scenario? They say it was coming with Donald Trump, but this is their playbook. Using the presidential alert system first tested on uh, October 2018, the president sends a text message to every American cell phone warning that there is a risk of violence at polling stations and that troops will be deployed as necessary to keep order. Uh, some members of opposition groups are frightened and they stay at home on Election Day. Other people ca- simply can't find accurate information online about voting. Would turn out at historic lows, a president who is facing impeachment just months, months earlier handily wins re-election and marks his victory by renewing the state of emergency. Now, gosh, why shouldn't we fear that this could be happening with this president when he's saying it's going to declare a climate emergency and a health emergency warning warning to all democrats and all republicans any president who is talking the way this president is and that includes donald trump warning that's very very dangerous back in just a minute Sponsor this half hour is Tunnel to Towers. Tunnel to Towers is this great, great uh, organization and charity. The Port Authority of New York and New Jersey police officer James Kennelly passed away in 2017 from cancer that he got as a result of his search and recovery efforts at the World Trade Center following the terrorist attack at 9-11. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is committed to ensuring America keeps its vow to never forget 9-11 and help the memory of their heroes like Officer Kennelly alive. The, um, the foundation's 9-11 Never Forget mobile exhibit. It is a tribute to all those who lost their lives that day or who have died from related illnesses. It is a high-tech tractor trailer that transforms into a museum to educate people about America's darkest day. Welcomed all around the nation, the memorial provides interactive education through guided tours. FDNY firefighters have provided firsthand accounts of the day and its aftermath to 600,000 people to date in all 50 states and even up in Canada. We can absolutely guarantee that if we don't continue these things, that day will disappear into the mists of time. Visit a city near you, do good, and never forget, donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, and they really do so much good. It's T, the number 2, T.org. This is the Glenn Back Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I understand we have some breaking news, Pat. Uh, we do, and this is of special import to you, uh, 
as infested. Uh, yes, because I know that Idaho is infested with bathhouses. And what they're saying now <laughs> yeah, is that uh, bathhouses, <laughs> saunas, and sex clubs are one of the main spreaders, one of the main places where oh, monkeypox is spreading. And I know how hard it is for you to avoid these places, but you, you should really try. Oh my gosh! Just for a while. I well, I was just in the twi- <laughs> I was just in the Twin Falls uh, house just the other day. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, and it was so crowded. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing so with crowded. the with the Twin yeah. Falls bathhouse. It just you could barely move in there. <laughs> I know. I had to go to Pocatello last week. No, to get to the bathhouse. Oh my! Yeah, that's so yeah. inconvenient. Yeah. But that. <sighs> It's so inconvenient, yeah. But it's also a bookstore too, so it's oh. it's, it's nice. Yeah, it's uh, you know they took over the Barnes and Noble uh, space, yeah. And Barnes and Noble went out of business so fast they just left some of the books on the shelf. They put the bathhouse in there, and it's well, I don't need to tell you, Pat. You no, I've the been there so many times. When yeah. you see it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so sex centers. Not good uh, for the spread of monkeypox. Not good. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to write mm-hmm. that one down. It's a good, put, good safety tip. You know tip. what? You Everybody, put it on a, a sticky note and put it on your <laughs> dashboard because you might forget and you're like halfway to the bathhouse and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Dog. Those are bad because of monkeypox. Right. Crap. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> it's a sacrifice. Thank you for that update. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Back in a minute. This is the Glenn Back Program. American Financing is our sponsor here for The Blaze. What would you give to be able to predict the future? Something an awful lot of people might have thought about down through the years. Imagine just knowing all the right moves to make all the time. Be amazing. Unfortunately, that's not the way th- things work. If you're a homeowner, planning ahead is the best thing you can do, and it means cutting back spending where you can, saving money where it's possible, and it means giving a 10-minute phone call to American Financing. Do it today. In 10 minutes, their salary-based consultants will do a free mortgage review and let you know what your options are for saving money. Whether it's refinance on your home mortgage or at a lower interest rate, maybe it's consolidation of your loan to help get rid of that high-interest credit card debt, which is so important. For over 20 years, the people who have been doing it is American Financing. Call them. They can they can really help you. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Or AmericanFinancing.net. And welcome to the Glenn Beck program. There's a couple of things going on that you should be aware of. Uh, Congress has pretty much given up, or the White House has given up on Congress and the Senate ever being able to pass a green bill, a Build Back Better bill. So now the president is considering executive action. 
When can't get it done one way, he'll jam it through the other way. Sounds an awful lot like Woodrow Wilson in FDR, quite frankly. Um, They are now talking about packing the Supreme Court and a new climate emergency and possibly a health care emergency as well due to abortion. All right. So what does all of this mean? Well, it means that the president can't get the American people to go along with his plans and he can't even get his own party to go along with his plans. And so he's going to jam it through any way he can because he's already put into place ESG through the private sector. Now, ESG is extraordinarily dangerous and destroys the free capitalism and the free market that we have in our country. It is a totally different system than the one we're on. Who's standing against it? And BlackRock, which is the leader of ESG, they just they just had a 22% downturn. Is that because of ESG or is that what everybody is having? We're we're going to talk to a guy who knows the answers to these things and also possibly what do we do about it? Vivek Ramaswamy joins us in 60 seconds. Jody wrote in about her experience with Relief Factor. She says, I'm really grateful to experience relief from all of the pain I used to have in my upper and middle back. I appreciate having something that's non-prescription and non-addictive that I can take. You know, the thing I really like about Relief Factor is I'm not fuzzy ever. I, I, I am clear-minded because it's not a drug. It's four key ingredients that attack the inflammation in your body. And Jody says, uh, I like that there are no side effects except for the positive ones. Thank you, Relief Factor. Relief Factor, try it yourself. Three-week quick start developed just for you. $19.95, a dollar a day like a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have already ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. It's relieffactor.com. 1-800-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF or relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. Vivek, my friend, how are you, sir? Good to talk to you, Glenn. How are you? Uh, Very, very good. Um, You are a guy who I think one of the few that actually really gets ESG and the Great Reset, believes and understands how dangerous it is, uh, and is working to educate people and also uh, uh, help us beat it. Let let uh, Let me start with... What's happening with ESG and BlackRock is is BlackRock's downturn in their profits. Is this something that is caused uh, by ESG or is this just the downturn of the market that everybody is feeling? Well, the answer to that question, Glenn, is it is both of those things, in part because BlackRock is contributing to the downturn in the market that everyone is feeling because of ESG. So I'll explain to you how that works, where this is the largest asset manager in the world, managing over $10 trillion, around $10 trillion, about half the U.S. GDP in the hands of one firm. And if you add Vanguard and State Street to the list, the top three, they manage more than the U.S. GDP. And what they do is they're aggregating the money of everyday citizens, probably most people listening to this program, actually, probably you and me included, which we don't know it through our 401k accounts, through pension fund accounts, et cetera. And what they do is 
they use that money to advocate for these ESG policies in corporate America, climate change plans, emissions caps, diversity, equity, inclusion, quota systems for race and gender on boards, etc. They use our money to advocate for those principles in corporate America that makes companies less successful. And as we've seen this year, has actually contributed to stock market declines as well, in my opinion. And the ESG-specific funds this year, Glenn, have actually underperformed the broader market as a whole, even though the broader market as a whole has already done badly enough. And I think a big part of why the broader market has done badly is in part because of the demands of these ESG-linked asset managers. But the ESG-specific funds have done even worse. So the answer to your question is, is there a downturn because of the broader market or is it because of the failures of ESG? The answer is both because part of the reason the broader market is turning down is exactly because of some of these toxic policies that cause companies to focus on these orthogonal social agendas. So let me ask you uh, if, because this, I, 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 I'm, I'm not an investor guy. I really, I mean, I should never be around money. I'm horrible at investing. Uh, however, um, it, it's, it would be my uh, feeling that if you are in a place to where oil is as scarce as it is, if we didn't have ESG, wouldn't the, the energy market be the place to put your money? Or is that just a Glenn Beck? You know, you know what? Well, it's not, it's not just Glenn Beck. It's Warren Buffett's quietly starting to behave this way, too, Glenn. So you might give yourself a little bit more credit than you just did. But it's actually, if you think about it, you know, this is uh, the potential moment for U.S. energy to really shine and rise to the occasion, not just as an investment proposition, but as a proposition to meet the needs of Americans at a time when there's a massive Correct. supply demand imbalance. Right. I mean, you, you, you remember that as recently as 2018, the U.S. was the world's largest producer of energy. How quickly things have changed now with the U.S. president groveling in front of foreign dictators around the world, begging them to produce more oil that the U.S. could be producing instead. And now I know the Biden administration is trying to walk this back. I think a lot of ESG managers like BlackRock are trying to walk this back and say, well, we don't really want to end fossil fuel production. Actually, you know what this uh-huh. is done is he's just making he's making good on a campaign promise. In September of 2019, yeah. on the campaign trail, I'm quoting him exactly. Here's what President Biden, then candidate Biden, said. I guarantee you we're going to end fossil fuels, end quote. That was a campaign promise that he's now delivering on, but he has multiple tools to deliver on it. Because normally the way constitutionally you would deliver on that campaign promise is that you would get a law passed through Congress. Well, he doesn't have the political support to do that. The American people haven't given Congress the political support to do that. Joe Manchin won't even stand in the way of doing, won't even allow that to happen. And so what are they doing now? They're resorting to other means like executive action through the climate change emergency. We'll see, we'll hear more about what that means. They're doing it through the private sector, deputizing their cronies like BlackRock, many of whose alumni, by the way, work in the Biden administration, but large private sector actors, they do favors for them in return for those private actors doing through the back door what government could not get done through the front door through Congress, the constitutionally ordained way for actually passing laws. So he's delivering on that campaign promise, but doing it through the back door in ways that I think would make our founding fathers shudder 
if they actually knew the way the government oh. was 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 treating the, the private sector and using the invisible fist of government instead of the invisible hand of the market to actually reach these outcomes. So so one more one more question uh, on um, on food now. Would food be the same thing? Because we have the we have the ability, we have the property, the land, we have the farmers, we have the history of being uh, the world's breadbasket. If it wasn't for ESG, wouldn't this be the time that farming would be the best kind of investment where you would we would be selling our wheat and our food all over the world? We would literally be feeding the world if it wasn't for ESG. Am I wrong on that? And at a time when there's real demand and need for it as well. So the way I, I look at it going is these are all part of the same categories because Energy is upstream of food production as well, right? It takes energy to transport food, to be able to export food, to be able to produce food, to be able to put the ingredients together. For you know, So, so I, I agree with you. I, I kind of look at energy as even more fundamental because it's upstream of nearly yeah. every other sector and nearly every yeah. other production means. But, but the, thing, right. the thing for people to understand here is that this is, this is damage that's been done in the last few years by the merger of public power and private power. So that's what makes it so hard to find a source, because on one hand, Biden can say, this isn't my fault. This is just the decisions of the private sector that stopped drilling for oil, that stopped mm-hmm. drilling for nat- that stopped fracking for natural gas. We didn't do that. There was no policy you could point to. But actually, the reason why they're doing it is because of the ESG movement in the private sector that this administration and, and the modern left supports through the back door. And so, so that's kind of how they're able to really trick the public through this jujitsu move saying that, oh, this isn't the private, this isn't us passing laws to do this. We're just seeing the private sector underinvest in oil and gas. That's what they say okay, when gas so- prices are high, when in fact they were responsible for causing it. And that's what people need to wake up to. All right. So, so they are, they are not talking to the American people about this. They're blaming the private sector. Um, and that usually means the investors and the companies, but the investors are not necessarily a part of this. A lot of us are invested in these companies through our 401k, et cetera, et cetera. And we're not telling the companies to do this. Do the companies want to do this or is it based just on the pressure from places like BlackRock who have a lot of those shares because the, we've, we run our money through BlackRock for our 401ks. It's really the latter, Glenn. I'm telling you, so, so the U.S. energy sector, this, the, the potential of U.S. energy to be able to supply not only America's needs, but the global needs is, is staggering. And this isn't just a policy failure. It's an American travesty when those same companies have been hamstrung from being able to do their jobs. Now, most people choose to, choose to work in the energy industry, for example, work in the energy industry because they want to be part of that solution. But what's happened in the last right. four or five years is that these large shareholders like BlackRock have imposed constraints on these companies. I'll give you a very specific example. Exxon, w- w- by, by the way, was the largest company in the world as recently as 2013. It's the largest U.S. energy company. BlackRock voted in favor of putting three dissident directors, three new directors that they put on the board of directors of Exxon to adjust its climate change strategy. And before BlackRock put those, voted for those directors to join Exxon's board, Exxon had a business plan to increase oil production 25% between 2020 and 2025. After they put those new directors on Exxon's board, 
they revised their business plan to reduce oil production 20% over those same five years. Wow. That's a clear, that, that's a clear before and after. Now, imagine today how much more successful um, the American energy industry would be. Exxon would be as a company. How much lower gas prices would be if American oil companies were actually producing more oil, which was their prior business plan, before BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street, too, vote in favor of these new directors on the board, say, no, no, that doesn't match your climate change plans that we want to see you implement. Now you need to reduce oil production. This is the travesty, Glenn. It's the fraud of our time where Americans are paying for $5 gas at the pump with one hand, not knowing that their own 401k accounts and their own pension fund accounts and brokerage accounts are actually subsidizing the very ESG agenda that gives them $5 gas in the first place. And, and I think that once people start to see that with clear eyes, the good news is we find our way to a better way forward to say that we're not going to let someone else abuse my money, abuse my savings to be able to send messages to the U.S. energy industry that I absolutely don't want to be delivering to the U.S. energy industry. Well, that is Instead, I want them to make great products. That, that's actually what's, what, what I think we, the next step in this battle looks like. We have a ton of states now that are looking to move their money and, you know, all of the pension funds and everything else. We have a lot of states that want to do that. We have a lot of people that want to do that. But I'm assuming this is what you're working on. Uh, you, I think you told us uh, last time you were on that you were going to start something and go right after BlackRock. And well, this is, is that, is this that is, happening? This is, this is why that I started Strive uh, earlier this year creating a firm to compete head-on versus BlackRock, because these are problems, Glenn, created in the market that need to be solved through the market. And so that's why I started Strive, and we're going we're to take these guys head-on. And I've learned a lot over the last you know, few months even about how broken that pension fund system at the state level really is. And, and this isn't even a Republican or a Democrat issue. You know, we talk about, a lot of times no. people talk about the deep state and the federal government. I think it exists at the state level. I think it exists in corporate America, what I call deep corporate. But these are institutionalized, bureaucratized actors that, you know, BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard, they've mastered this system over the last 10 to 20 years. And it's an ossified system that in absence of everyday citizens speaking up and demanding change, you're going to have a mid-level bureaucrat who's going to happily sit and collect his paycheck without wanting to be bothered that's going to say, well, this is what I've done, and I don't get paid anymore if I serve my citizens or not, so leave me alone. You know, I'm, 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 I'm overstating the case, but only by a little bit, which, which is exactly how many of these mid-level bureaucrats at the state level think and even communicate. And I think that at the end of the day, the right answer is going to come from everyday citizens demanding change, kind of like what you saw in a small scale of the school boards last year, parents taking educational mm-hmm. control back into their own hands not leaving it to some sort of bureaucratized school board and saying that it's your job to educate my children. No, they're my children, and I have a say in how they're educated. It's the equivalent, I think, I think, I think bottom-up, you know, it's a sort of a positive revolution of sorts that we need to see that yeah. actually take everyday and citizens I, I, and say that this is my hard-earned savings. I'm going to take control. It's just like it's my kids, it's my money. It's not your money, a pension yeah. from bureaucrat, and it's definitely not your money, BlackRock. That's what we're going to have to see. I. I think the same thing could be said for what we saw with Afghanistan. I mean, just this audience raised almost $50 million uh, in, in like three weeks to go and save the, and rescue people 
uh, from the Afghanistan uh, debacle. We, we flew the last plane. This, this is the deal we had to make with the State Department, that we could get our people out if our first plane that flew out would carry our special forces. We're the ones that paid for that. I mean, it's incredible, but it is also a great, uh, a great example of what a group of people can do if they really set their mind to it. Vivek, hang on just for one minute. I have one more question for you. But first, I have to tell you about the Tuttle Twins. They have a powerful, powerful new book. Uh, it's called American History, 1215 to 1776. It is a history book. It's a storybook. It's not about the dates and the, and the memorization of names. It's about the ideas because that's what history is supposed to teach us. What idea replaced the old idea? And how did we get there? And what did we learn from it? If you learn from history and not the names and the dates, but if you learn the stories, you'll be able to apply that to our future. And that's what's missing right now. We don't know our own history. We're not teaching why fascism, how it came about, why it happened, and how bad it was. We're not teaching, we're teaching more of that than we are of communism. We're not even teaching what worked here in America and what set us apart. The Tuttle Twins book does it. They have an amazing deal right now. They're throwing in 200 pages of companion curriculum and activities, an audiobook version, videos to help the lessons from the book come alive. It's like 250 pages itself. Your kids are going to love it. You will love it. I think every American home needs to have a copy of American history by the Tuttle Twins uh, in their home. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. You can preview a free sample of the chapter and you can see for yourself why it's, I think, crucial to own. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds station ID. Vivek, earlier this week, um, uh, I came back from vacation and I, I said the most important story since I've been gone was the Sri Lanka uh, overthrow of the government uh, and kicking out of the president because uh, the uh, World Economic Forum said this is the model. And there was a story up at WEF.org that said the headline was how we're going to make Sri Lanka rich by 2025. So they implemented all of this stuff. They did everything the World Economic Forum uh, said to do. Um, and I talked about it and read that story on the air. By the time I got off the air, the World Economic Forum had taken that story off of their website. But do you agree that Sri Lanka is the example that we should all be looking at saying they're the ones who did it? And look how it turned out. I think it's a great example. Unfortunately, Glenn, I, I would love to say it is the example. Unfortunately, we're seeing more and more examples by the day. I, I mean, this is, I mean look, look at what's happening in Ghana. Look at what's happening in the Netherlands. Look at what's happening in the United States and Canada at a smaller scale. We have an energy supply shortage that we just talked about in this country. But you're right. Sri Lanka is a great example to see what happens when these toxic philosophies are taken to their logical extent. And, you know, I think that this is a transnational issue, Glenn. It is a transpartisan issue. It goes beyond partisan boundaries, national boundaries. It is a global monarchy. 
and it's going to take a revolution to fight. I agree. You're exactly right. Vivek, thank you so much. Be a part of that revolution uh, because we're in one, whether you like it or not. And we don't need to pick up our guns. We need to inform ourselves and inform our neighbors. Knowledge, knowledge is power. Back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. You know, they say walking is good for you. I don't believe it, but, uh, you know, sounds like a lie that somebody like George Soros would make up. I'm going to make the world walk. Yeah, nice try, Soros, but you're not following me. Uh, anyway, uh, this means protecting my car because I don't want to walk every place. Uh, you got to have your car working. It's, you know, we're not living in Europe. We're living in America where, man, you can drive 40 minutes to work every day. Car Shield offers the protection plans for around a hundred bucks a month and it will cover more parts than ever before so if your car has five thousand or one hundred fifty thousand miles on it it doesn't matter when you need a repair you don't have to deal with the paperwork the headaches you don't have to worry about it you don't have to even write a check because car shield is there to take care of it and they handle it so count on car shield to take care of you when you're on the road and your car breaks down stuck on the middle of the road Every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, trip reimbursement. Save 10% right now. Carshield.com slash Beck. 800-391-8888. Carshield.com slash Beck. Check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, every weekday, 7 to 9 Eastern, or anytime and anywhere you get your podcast. Most people don't know the history of the Purple Heart. The Purple Heart uh, medal is now awarded if you were wounded in combat. But that is not what the Purple Heart set out to be. The reason why the Purple Heart is a Purple Heart and has the, the bust of George Washington on it is because the Purple Heart used to be called the Merit Badge, the Badge of Merit. And it was something that George Washington did in the Revolutionary War. It was the first civilian uh, medal that was allowed. If you, if you were an officer, you could get medals. Anybody under an officer, you couldn't get any medals. Uh, and so he made this as the first enlisted man's uh, uh, badge of merit. And it didn't matter. You could be an enlisted man. You could be a captain. Uh, and you could still earn this. George Washington knew that they were up against the the most fierce enemy that anyone had ever faced. They were against the the nation that said the sun never sets on our empire. Uh, and it was true. Most valuable, most uh, powerful army, military, navy in existence at the time. And we were a bunch of farmers. So he looked for things that um, uh, would bring uh, would bring favor upon our people because we were people of merit and we were doing things that would find favor in the eyes of God. He believed that's the only way to win is if we deserve uh, to win because we're a good, decent people. 
So I wanted to bring this back. It was lost up until FDR. He's the guy who reinstated the the uh, the merit badge or the the Purple Heart. But it's not for merit anymore. But I think to win this battle, we have to be people of merit and honor and integrity and kindness and decency. Now, that doesn't mean you're not you're not tough, uh, but you're you're also a softy at heart when it comes to people. You have empathy. So I have three nominations and we're going to award it tomorrow. The first uh, Glenn Beck program badge of merit. Uh, and these are the three uh, people that we have narrowed it down to this week. Terry, the general. Terry is a Vietnam veteran. By the way, these were all nominated from members of the audience. So when I'm reading these, think of people that, that come to mind that you know that might deserve next week. Uh, Terry is a Vietnam veteran. He's the man behind Our Brother's House, which is a recovery home for men that follow the 12-step program in uh, Munster, Texas. He was nominated by a man who lived in that home for six years and went through his recovery program and is now seven and a half years sober. Um, it began in 2012 in Gainesville, then moved to Munster in 2015. It houses about 40, minute, uh, 40 men. The program is free and completely privately funded to avoid any government strings. The facility focuses on recovery and work. And according to the guy who nominated, uh, it requires no money to get in. You have to convince Terry and his assistants that you're ready to quit drinking and drugging. And that's it. There are rules and regulations, of course. Chores are assigned and they have to be done. But after you've been there for a while, uh, they'll assist you with finding a job. AA or NA meetings are mandatory unless you're at work. And you can stay as long as you need, as long as you follow the rules and you stay sober. The uh, guy who nominated Terry said he's a very fair man, but he doesn't put up with BS. He's just one of us. He sees a con game a mile away. He has lots of love in his heart. He's hard on guys at times because he cares. He's like a father figure to many. I have seen well over 600 men of all ages, including teens, come and go. Many of them made it and go on to live and prosper. Some have died, but all of them have been forever touched by this man. I can't think of uh, anything more meritorious than walking with grace with God, saving lives and giving back to the community, feeding the hungry. Terry leads this charge. I call him the general because he's had the vision and continues to have it. Whatever it takes to uh, uh, carry on his recovery program forward one day at a time. That's uh, nominee number one. Uh, nominee number two is the resilient mom. Uh, Jenny Taylor's husband, Brent Taylor. He was a major uh, in the uh, Utah Army National Guard, and he died serving in Afghanistan in 2018. Oh, my gosh. She was left to parent their seven children all alone. Not only is she there for her own family, but families of military members all across the country. After her husband's death... On the day that would have been his 40th birthday, she founded the Major Brent Taylor Foundation uh, based in Utah. The foundation has three major points of focus. Training up service-oriented leaders, honoring military members and their family, and engaging in meaningful acts of service. The foundation hosts leadership training programs, provides scholarships, and uh, holds events and ceremonies for military families 
uh, and military members. Um, Jenny has been a spokesperson for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, appeared briefly on news outlets talking about her husband, but rarely has her own merit been publicly celebrated. Not only she raised a family of seven alone with faith, love, and grace, but in the midst of tragedy, she dedicated herself to the service of others. She is the one person that comes to mind when I think of honor, merit, integrity, and selflessness. So there's two people that started a foundation. But I want to make sure that you understand as you nominate people that it doesn't have to be somebody who has done, like started a foundation or done something miraculous. The merit award goes to people who quietly serve as well. Now, these two that I just read quietly serve. They're not looking for attention. However, I want to make sure that it is the small acts that we don't miss because most of us can do these small acts every single day. Which brings me to Kim, the good neighbor. This is the message from the person nominating. I lost my husband to suicide in 2015. My neighbor who lives across the street has always been there when I need anything. I'm 70 years old. When COVID happened, Kim would get me things that I needed at the grocery store and wouldn't let me pay for them. When I needed a colonoscopy, she took off time at work to take me. She mowed my lawn one time when I was trying to mow it myself, and it was too hot for me, and I was trying to do it after work. She finished mowing it for me. She takes my trash barrels out when the weather is bad. She took me to eat on my birthday. Anytime I need anything, she's there. If I don't feel well, she keeps her cell phone on all night in case I need help. That is a good neighbor. These three are up for the merit award. The merit badge, the first ever, will be um, uh, awarded tomorrow. And I urge you to nominate somebody. Look for somebody that is making life easier for people. Um, And we have to learn from them and recognize that there's a lot of really good people there. And hopefully, as more of us see those good people, we'll want to be good people. And it will spread because the world needs empathy and it needs courage right now. You can nominate at uh, glennbeck.com. Just go there on the front page. You'll see where you can nominate somebody for the badge of merit. We'll give that award out tomorrow. Uh, I want to leave you with this. This comes from Thomas Jefferson. He wrote a letter to Peter Carr, his uh, nephew, and it it is one of the best letters I've ever read. It's the one that changed my life where he talks about um, uh, questioning with boldness even the very existence of God. For if there be a God, he must surely rather honest questioning over blindfolded fear. In that same letter, he said this, give up money, give up fame, give up science. Give the earth itself and all it contains rather than to do an immoral act. Never suppose that any possible situation or under any circumstances that it is best for you to do a dishonorable thing, however slight it might appear to you. Whenever you are to do a thing, ask yourself how you would act We're all the world looking at you. 
and then act accordingly. Thomas Jefferson. Back in just a second. Uh, our sponsor this half hour is Rough Greens. I have to tell you, Uno in the last three months has slowed way down, way down. And uh, I'm hoping we don't lose him soon. Um, but he has really slowed down. And uh, it, it came on so fast. It's so weird because our other German shepherds have, you know, you see them fade over a long period of time. Um, and Uno has been so young and energetic and everything until recently. Uh, and a part of me is hoping that Rough Greens has extended his his life and shortened the um, the bad years for him um, and get, kept him going and healthy as long as he possibly could before age finally set in. Rough Greens is a, not a dog food. It's a supplement that I put on his food. Um, and it, it has truly made a huge difference in his life and in our life. He is just my best friend. I just love him. Try it with your dog. See the difference that Rough Greens can make. Now, they want to send you a first a, a trial bag. They'll send it to you for free. You just pay for shipping. But that's just to see if your dog will eat it, if your dog will like it. Every dog that I or every owner that I've talked to about their dog, they all say that they, they gobble it up. It's like dog crack. But just to make sure that your dog likes it so you're not out any money, um, get the trial bag. Then if they eat it, start them on a regular diet of whatever you're feeding with rough greens on top and watch over the months the difference it will make in your dog. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. That's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Or call 833-GLENN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. You know, I'm just I'm, I'm just thinking here about are we a nation of laws or a nation of men now? We George Washington said we are a nature. We are a nation of laws, not of men, which means that it doesn't matter your station in life. It doesn't matter if you're poor or you're uh, uh, rich. Doesn't matter if you are white or black. The idea of America is that it is equal justice because justice is blind. I cannot tell you that we live in that nation at all anymore, at all. And I think we are very close to losing, losing forever. I mean, once you change some of the fundamentals, if ESG is allowed to continue and it changes our energy, it changes our lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera, we're not getting it back. It's just not coming back. Um, and we are so close to that. And so you understand what kind of world that is. Whoever is in power, uh, the other side will be criminalized immediately. And the other side can get away with anything. It is the old Soviet Union kind of style, where if you're a party member... You know, as long as your crime isn't against the party, you're fine. You're fine. 
And isn't that what we're seeing with Hunter Biden? Tonight, we have a special on uh, Hunter Biden and the, the Biden crime family. And I'm going to be addressing something that I have not addressed before, and that is his sexual perversions. Um, there is, there's something deeply disturbing about all of this that I don't think anybody has the guts to say out loud, and I will tonight. Um, don't miss criminal cronies, the never-ending trail of the Biden crime corruption. Uh, so that's tonight, 9 p.m., only on Blaze TV. Don't miss it. You know, these specials are usually way ahead of the news. It's so amazing. I watch people and they're like, hey, did you know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we did that on a special about a year ago. Um, but hey, media, good job. You're only a year or 12 years late. Uh, anyway, that's tonight at 9 p.m. And I think this kind of goes to the same thing with the January 6th guys. I mean, well, let me let me do this. Look at what they're doing with January 6th. And the what are they calling it? The Colbert Nine, yeah. The people yeah. who who were not supposed to be in the Capitol, and they were roaming around and told to leave, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. No charges, no charges, nothing. Mm-hmm. But if that would have been me, I can guarantee you, oh, yeah. I would have been called a January Sixer. Well, especially if you went into the Capitol building and started parading. Uh, that would have been. Oh, no, I hope you would have been locked me started up. on parade, right? Because it's yeah. so heinous. Yeah. You can't even fathom I know. how heinous parading I know. is. I, can't. I know. Well, it's not just parading. <laughs> it's parading without a permit. Yeah, right. you know what I mean. I right. don't have a problem if you want to parade. You know, and you have a permit, go ahead. But parading without a permit, unconscionable. Holy cow! I I was just see. Reading. That's what I mean, though. Go ahead. That, that that is a prime example of how um, there is no equal justice. Yeah. They had to go right. after these guys to make a point, mm-hmm. and so they had to come up with something that Grandma was doing. Well, she was parading on January sixth. <laughs> that's that's not justice. <laughs> no. That's not justice. And it, it, they've they've beaten this drum so hard and for so long. It's just really hard to take. And, and you and I are both. Really pissed off that it happened at all because it it hurts the right a lot. It makes us look Mm -hmm. bad. Uh, But I was just reading an article yesterday that said this insurrection, which took the lives of five people. What? No. Five people? No, it didn't. No, it did not. They include the cops who uh, had two strokes and the other two cops who weeks later committed suicide. Uh, And the the only people that were actually killed were the woman that was trampled by police and uh, Ashley Babbitt, who got shot in the throat. Right. So the good guys killed two. The right. bad guys killed no one. The right. Back program. Sometimes you don't know what it's like to experience good, clean air until you've been without it for a while. I want to tell you about Eden Pure's Thunderstorm Air Purifier. This is really, truly amazing. The smells that accumulate over time in your kitchen, in your house, especially if you cook a lot, or your refrigerator. Boy, I put one in my refrigerator, which was, whoa, was that bad. Uh, and uh, that cleaned it up within an hour. The thunderstorm doesn't just cover them up. It destroys them. They use O3 molecules, and the thunderstorm actually cleans the air. It doesn't mask it with chemical smells or, it smells like lemons. 
It's just clean air. No filters you have to buy over and over again so you'll save money while you're making your house smell better and a cleaner place. Go to EdenPureDeals.com right now. You can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for the whole home protection. That's what I have. EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code GLEN and you'll save $200. EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code GLEN. Shipping's free. Sick, twisted, freak, welcome to the program. Well, Miriam has changed her dictionary again. I love Miriam. I love her. She's a sweet old lady. But she's very, very woke now. And they've changed the dictionary definition of female. Unbelievable. We'll give you all the information in 60 seconds. With summer vacation season still going full steam ahead, it is important to protect yourself from identity theft while you're traveling. One of the most widespread risks to personal information is pickpocketing, which I read a story today. They say the worst pickpocketing is happening in France. Out of all the world, France is number one. Now, Pat, when I read this, they said the worst pickpocketing is happening in France. And I didn't know. Does that mean... There's a lot of really good pickpocketers, or the pickpocketers are really bad. I, I, I don't know which. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I would usually say the worst pickpocketing means that you have a good chance of being pickpocketed, but everything is upside down now. Maybe they're like these guys really got to get it together. You got to go to Spain really and learn from those guys. Anyway, your your credit cards, your social security number, your driver's license, if they have those things, identity thieves have all the information that they need. They don't throw the wallet away anymore. They keep those cards. That's that's money in the bank for them. That's why you have LifeLock. They can't catch everything. No one can. But they can monitor things better than you can on your own. So call LifeLock now. Save up to 25% off your first year with a promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Or head to LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK and save 25%. Oh, my gosh, Pat. I don't know if you have seen this, but there are some really disturbing things. People don't know how to define a woman. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's why we go to Miriam. Uh, Miriam Webster. You know, you know Miriam, don't you? Real mm-hmm. well. Oh, yeah. Real well, don't yeah, you? Yeah. She's... Yeah, she's sweet. Mm-hmm. Sweet, a sweet, 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 sweet old lady. Anyway, um, they have changed now uh, and added 
uh, the definition of female that defines the word female as having a gender identity that is opposite of male. <laughs> so female isn't even its mm. own thing. It's just no. opposite of me. I'm telling huh. you, this is such an anti-woman oh, movement, yeah. isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, it's destro- it's destroying women's uh, uh, sports. Mm-hmm. It's destroying women's records. Uh, it's discouraging because, hey, yeah, call me Kathy. I'm going to just lift some weights here, see if you could do it. All right, Kathy. <laughs> of course, we're destroying everything about being a female. It is so anti-woman. Uh, anyway, uh, gender identity is what uh, they say is is the definition of a female, and that's not directly connected to sex. Uh, female is a woman. Trans-identifying males are not females. Uh, however, hmm. according to trans activists, men can be women. Okay. 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 Uh, wow. Wow. When this, when this swings back, the whiplash is going to be very bad. Very bad. Well, By it, the way, gender activists now push to bar anthropologists from identifying remains as male or female. Because <laughs> we don't know how they identified when they were alive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes That's sense. That's going to be really good when we find a body Jeez. buried in the woods and they say, you know, it was a 17-year-old. Well, we don't know. We don't know. 17 years old. <laughs> but uh, that's all we know. That's it. Could be a male. Could be a female. Could be a dog. Don't know. Have no idea. So we're, we're wow. defying science right now. We're ignoring science. We're changing the meanings of words. We're changing how you identify people as, you know, what's what specific gender they are for point zero seven percent of the population uh, yes it's an amazing movement yes. isn't it it's it's incredible it is and yeah. along the lines it it's where along the lines ig- ignoring women's rights and w- that the left is supposed to be all about protecting women i thought and now they don't seem to give a rat's anus about women if uh no. And you know why? You know why? Honestly, I think it's anti-mother. I think it's uh, anti-procreators. It's anti-human. This is an anti-human movement. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when you look at climate change and all of that stuff, they believe that it is better to impoverish the entire world than to, uh, drive a car. You know, uh, mm-hmm. then then to, mm-hmm. you know, hurt a, a single animal. Uh, they're talking about taking the five dams off of the Snake River from Washington and Idaho. Those are five dams. Yeah. That's 90, 80 or 90 percent of the clean, efficient electricity for this region. And they're just taking away. Why? Because the salmon are having a hard time swimming upstream. But don't worry about oh, the 65 wow. million human babies they've eliminated yeah. over the last right. 50 years. Don't worry right. about that. That's perfectly fine. They don't care. It's all so anti-human. Listen to this one. See if you can even get your brain wrapped around this one, Pat. There's a new concern in the relatively new field of so-called climate anxiety. 
Okay, so now I guess we have people that are studying climate anxiety, the people who have anxiety because of the climate change. Wired reports Mm. this unbearable whiteness caused a growing discomfort in California State Polytechnic University. The Humboldt professor, Sarah Ray, who is white. In early 2021, she wrote an op-ed about it. She said, quote, a year into the pandemic and after the murder of George Floyd and the protests that followed and the attack on the U.S. Capitol, I am deeply concerned about the racial implications of climate anxiety. If people of color are more concerned about climate change than white people, why is the interest in climate anxiety so white? Is climate anxiety a form of white fragility or even racial anxiety? Oh, my God. Uh, These people need to get a job, man. I mean, a real job. Can you imagine your whole job Mm. is just to come up with new things that you can be against? And worry about? They've got our kids. The, The worst part of this, probably, is what they've done to our children. Uh, they've got them so twisted up and so afraid because they think there's going to be no world past eight years from now that uh, they're scared out of their minds and it's causing the mental issues. They're doing this to our children and then they ca- turn around and call us fear mongers. That's all they've been doing on this climate change thing is fear mongering. This latest heat wave uh, is the greatest thing that ever oh happened gosh. to them. They, you know, when. Oh. Do you remember when uh, snowstorms would happen and we'd say, well, see, I, I guess the snow situation you were talking about that we're going to not have any snow anymore. I guess that's down the wind. Don't confuse weather with climate. But every single time it there's a heat wave, we hear about uh, the weather as opposed to the climate. You know, I am so sick of you climate deniers with this. As I told you yesterday, <laughs> uh-huh. here in my own town... Okay, right here in northern Idaho or southern Idaho, it was 10 below zero around Christmas last year. 10 below zero. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. 100 today. At this rate, (laughs) it will be 120 by next Christmas. That is their logic. (laughs) It is. It is. It is. Oh. And the dummies out there, I mean, half the population, we are so we are so stupid as a nation. Half the population is like, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at that. Well, mm-hmm. how are you going to argue with that? It was 10 below and now it's 100. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's agonizing. So stupid. It's agonizing. Uh, KJP yesterday, uh, Kareem Jean-Pierre was uh, talking about, was asked about the climate situation, and uh, she's very concerned, and at least they have this covered at the White House, though. Okay. Here's what she had to say. That tomorrow is not the day to declare a climate emergency. I mean, what I can say is the president's going to do everything that he can uh, to take action. Again, climate, climate crisis, uh, taking climate uh, action is critical. It's important. It's critical. You heard uh, Kirby talk about our national security, how it, how it threatens our national security, how it threatens uh, the economy. And what the president wants to continue to do is make sure that we're lowering uh, energy costs for the American family. E- again, everything is on the table. Uh, I'm not going to go 
go into private discussions, that policy discussions, or get ahead uh, of the president uh, at this time. He's going to make some announcements today. What I can say, uh, this climate emergency is not going to happen tomorrow, uh, but we have, uh, we have, uh, we still have it on the table, and uh, we'll. I don't have a circled uh, a date so circle on the calendar. This would have been madness if I would have asked you this uh, three years ago, five years ago. But I believe in this in this man's term, there is a real possibility that he declares a climate emergency and then just dictates what the oil companies have to do. Basically, almost one step away from nationalizing them, which was the end of Venezuela, by the way. But I believe this is the direction that he's going to go. That would not surprise me at all. I, I think we are at that yeah. point where they'll do it. They'll just do it. They'll do it. Remember when yep. uh, Maxine Waters uh, caught herself talking about doing it. And guess what this liberal would be all about? Uh-huh. This liberal will be all about socializing. Whoops. Would be about. Oops. Would be about. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Basically, the word you're looking for is nationalizing, taking over. <laughs> taking over. Yeah, and the government and the running government. all of your companies, running all of their companies. Okay. Yes. So she was so <laughs> afraid of letting socialism slip out of her mouth. Yep. That, and she is so dumb she couldn't come up with the word nationalize. <laughs> We're going to nationalize your industry. We'll take it over. Yep. Oh my gosh, these people are stupid. I don't think they but have. I, I think I think have, that's a real possibility. Yeah, they don't make any bones about that now. They don't. They don't have any problem no. saying, "Yeah, we'll nationalize the oil industry." Sure, why wouldn't we? Look how well it worked in Venezuela. It's great. They don't have any problems, do they? They don't have any problems in Venezuela. No. no. <laughs> No. Well, they had a problem with people eating zoo animals, but now that they've all been eaten, there's no problem with the tigers, you know. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, All right. What else is on uh, your plate, Pat? I know we have a couple of stories here we have to get to in just a second. First, let me uh, let me take us to our sponsor this half hour. uh, Our sponsor. Oh, I love it when you do that. Thank you so much. Uh, here's our sponsor. It is, um, I have, I'm looking for it, blinds.com. Here's a way for you to be able to uh, save a lot of money on energy. Blinds, blind shades, shutters, drapes. I mean, it's it, I, if you have a Confederate flag, you know, you can always, like a hillbilly, just put that up on your window, too. I suggest blinds.com. The flag might send the wrong message, uh, but don't get me wrong. It looks classy. Um, anyway, you just put something over your windows, and you will see immediately how much money you will save on air conditioning. Um, please check out blinds.com this summer. They've got custom window treatments. Put them on the top of your list. You can save 40% site-wide right now. 40%. They have a huge selection of shade, shutters, drapes, and a whole lot more. Even the uh, outdoor shades that can uh, transform your deck into a patio, which, you know, is is really nice. Of course, it's 110 in Dallas, and uh, I don't think I'm going outside. I would actually like a tube that would go from my front door to my car. 
so I never have to see the outside at this at these temperatures. Blinds.com. Save a ton of money right now, not only on your air conditioning and heating uh, during the winter, but uh, save now on the blinds themselves. Blind shade, shutters, drapes, 40% off everything right now at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 10 seconds, station ID. You have your... All right. Welcome to the program. Hey, we are uh, we're getting a nice education from Prince Harry, who showed up at the uh, U.N. I I think he believes King George is uh, still on the throne because this is none of his business. And I I love the fact that he's sticking his stupid face into our our situation here. Uh, No, I mean, don't 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 be so don't don't dismiss the son of Prince Charles is being an idiot. <laughs> right. Please. Yeah, that couldn't be, right? It's the son of no. Prince Charles could not be anything but a genius. <laughs> and he showed us some of that at the UN uh, yesterday. This has been a painful year in a painful decade. Mm. We're living through a pandemic that continues to ravage communities in every corner of the globe. It does? Climate change wreaking havoc on our every planet. Every corner with the most vulnerable suffering mm. most of all. Mm. The few weaponizing lies and disinformation at the expense of the many. Right. And from the horrific war in Ukraine to the rolling back of constitutional rights here in the United States, we are witnessing rights. a global oh, assault please. on democracy and freedom. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. You would think after you got your ass kicked... <laughs> in 1776, you might that might have put an impression on the royal family to remember mm-hmm. we don't understand rights the same way they understand rights. Yeah, yeah, Divine right of kings. The, for this guy to talk about our constitutional rights, mm-hmm. he has no idea what he's talking about. None, clearly. Yeah, uh, as was pointed out in the majority opinion, there is no and has never been a constitutional right to abortion. So no, he doesn't know what he's talking. That about. doesn't mean that doesn't mean that your town, your town, or your state can't say that we believe this is a human right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd have a hard time explaining that to me, but your state can do that. But you don't have a constitutional right. That's why they reverse this, because there is no right in the Constitution. And the federal government has to, if you're claiming rights, if it's not in the Constitution, the federal government must stay out of it. It goes back to the states and the people. Which is an amazing thing and and has been touched on a little bit, but I don't think enough. The Supreme Court actually gave up federal power there. They actually ceded back their power to the states, that's almost unprecedented. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, I know. And yet they did it, and, it's, and they're getting vilified it's, and demonized for it. Yeah, because uh, here he is, uh, again, an heir to the throne of England, who we tried to teach this lesson to uh, back then. Uh, yeah, the, um, we, we, don't, we don't have these rights. And uh, remember, King George said, what was it? Oh, if George Washington would give up all of that power and not uh, run a third term and just keep this power to himself, he'll be the greatest man to ever live because hmm. we know he'll never do it. 
Yeah. See, we mm. think differently than mm-hmm. you royals. We do. Yeah. We do. And can you imagine the the reaction in Britain if this was an American telling their parliament uh, th- that we don't appreciate the the laws that you're that you're making here in in Britain? I mean, it, there would be such outrage, such uh, an outcry about ugly Americanism. The person would be drummed out of their country, which is exactly what should happen here with Prince Harry. Uh, come to think of it, he should <laughs> should immediately be deported. I think he's going to be leaving. That marriage is not going to last. That marriage is just not going to last. Uh, he, I mean, she is a monster. <laughs> a lot of people think these are her ideas too that she's infecting him yeah. with. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past her. Not popular. Uh, not a popular woman, either in Britain or in America. And it's too bad because, you know, when she was in the show Suits, I think people actually kind of liked her. But not as a big mouth royal. Uh, and especially not one. You know what's really weird? You know what's really <laughs> weird is when people say, oh, I watched the, the show Suits. I really like her. No, you like her character. Right. Yes. You know, you don't yes. know her actual character. You're watching <laughs> her play a character, and that's what you like. And let's be honest, you could have had the sound down, and you would have liked it. <laughs> there, yeah, there's a little truth to that, probably. Yeah. <laughs> She's not terrible to look at. Um, yeah, no. But, you know, neither one of them keep their mouths shut, so they're agonizing at all times. Yeah. Uh, let me uh, let me switch subjects here. We're going to go to Eric July here in just a second. Eric is an amazing guy. He's a Blaze contributor, and he is going after Marvel. He's going after mm. DC. He's going after all of these comics that are so very woke, and he is sending a powerful message to those guys. Uh, we're going to talk to him about his new comic coming up. The Glenn Back Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Inflation is destroying our spending power right now. Money is becoming less and less valuable all the time, and it's forcing us to change the way we handle our finances. So what can you do to protect yourself and get ahead? Believe it or not, it's pretty easy. Give American Financing a call and get that free mortgage review I've been telling you about for years. You can learn about custom loans that might fit your budget better, from flexible terms to debt consolidation, even the ability just to access cash. They do it all. And they can work with a credit score as low as 500. So if you didn't qualify before, you might qualify now. No pressure, no obligation. Why wouldn't you at least call to find out more? Give them a call. If you like what you hear, you can close as little as 10 days. AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Call them now. Fled back, Stuber Gear, Stephen Crowder, Steve Dace, and me, Pat Gray. Listen to all your favorite conservative voices at blazetv.com. Use the promo code Glenn.
Welcome to the Glenbeck program. You know, the thing I love about uh, the the host on Blaze TV is they're all they all own their own shows. I own my show and Pat owns his Eric July owns his. Uh, and so you you attract uh, entrepreneurs and Eric July is an entrepreneur, man. I, I can't tell you, Eric, how happy I am for you when I when I first saw the news that you were putting out a comic book and you were you were crowd raising, uh, crowdfunding, and you were looking for a million dollars and you hit that in the first 24 hours. And now you're almost up to three million dollars. I have to tell you, God bless America. You you are sending. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I don't know because I don't know the comic uh, world. But if I'm sitting there at Marvel. As I'm looking at things like how badly Thor did and Disney, how bad their numbers are starting to look and DC, which just always sucks. <laughs> I, I'm thinking we, we should probably not go so deep into the woke front. Have you seen what Ripaverse is doing? This has been just an incredible experience. And I've been talking about the state of the comic book industry for a very long time. And for, us to put this out and to get the reception that we got, it just reassures kind of everything it was that I was saying. And that is that people still want this stuff. They might be going out to try to, let's say, import, let's say, someone else's material like the Japanese with manga because the American stuff sucks right now so much. But this proved that, hey, people still want this stuff. They're still uh, enthusiastic about it. They just don't want any of the nonsense that's tied mm. certainly to the American comic book industry right now. So this has just been insane in the sense that it just reassures everything that I've been talking about for a while. And Eric, the the best example of this, I think, is the latest Thor, which is just laden with wokeness mm -hmm. every every relationship in the movie just about is a gay relationship yeah. um and then they then they throw in the thing where uh the two gay men have a biological baby together and so th they're even doing things that don't make any sense just to bend over backward yeah. and and pander to the lgbtq committee which which is fine if you want to do that i mean i don't I don't care about the sexuality of the characters. It's just, I don't want that jam down my throat. I just want an enjoyable movie and an enjoyable comic book, which is what you're doing, essentially. Exactly. I mean, that's really all people want. It's not about not seeing uh, black characters or even, you know, whatever sexuality or whatever. But when you're beating mm -hmm. your audience over the head with it and right. it's clearly become just a vanity project for all of these people to, to write their own goofy stories. And oftentimes mm -hmm. they don't make sense for those characters that they wrote you know i talked about this in in our kind of opening kind of trailer where i discussed like hey you've seen your characters that you love be bastardized and that's the fundamental issue they're not creating new characters or something they're taking the character that everybody knows and recognize like the tim drakes of the world and they just make them bisexual out of nowhere and uh, yeah. weird stuff like that so that that this resonates with so many people because they have been assured that okay this is something new and fresh but we don't have to go through that we're not going to be gaslit by by the companies uh themselves the actors or the actresses or we're not that's not going to happen and this is what people want so we just mm -hmm. made it easy and just you put know. the stuff out there I, I will tell you that um you know you probably know this better than i do but the reason why we have superheroes 
is because of times like this, uh, you know, back in World War II, it was a it was such a powerful force that we didn't we felt small, insignificant and didn't know how to stop all of the problems. So we came up with superheroes. Well, our problems are just as big, but our superheroes now, the ones that they're ones that now that they're woke they're not they're just part of the problem it's no longer an escape no. and it's no longer a uh a, a a powerful being that can uh supersede everything else and just be above all of it that that's the secret to a good comic character isn't it Absolutely. And I talk about this, about acknowledging those sort of universal truths. And that's where we got away from with the comic book industry right now. What is just what is right? What is, um, you know, good? What is bad? Like that stuff has gone completely out the window because a lot of folks are more obsessed with their individual social preferences and social agenda that they may have. And it, of course, bleeds off into their work. So these people don't look these characters, let's say definitely the superheroes, the one that are supposed to be good, they're more interested in using them as a vehicle to lecture them about lecture their audience mm-hmm. about stuff that they don't even care about. And it's not about that character going around kicking butt, uh, fighting off the evil. Th- that kind of goes out, out of the realm of reality right now. It's more about, hey, I want to use this character so you can accept my individual agenda. And I'm going to use that character that you know and love to as a vehicle to really get this message out of there. And it just makes for very, very bad art. Yeah. Um, so you tell me, because if again, if I were in this industry, I would see you selling 30,000 copies on day one as a disturbing <laughs> trend for my company. Um, two questions. Have you heard anything um, even through the grapevine from these companies or any reaction from these companies like Marvel? A hundred percent. We we know that's exactly what's happening as uh, insiders that have already talked about this, about, hey, it's putting them on notice. Disney's looking at it like, well, mm-hmm. hey, this is something that is happening. It's not to say that we're going to completely upend what it is that they're doing. But, you know, th- you're seeing that maybe a chunk. maybe a lot of what they're doing isn't as lucrative as, the, as what they anticipate. So they see this guy who's been doing comic book commentary come in and make this amount of money, sell this amount of copies. I mean, people need to understand the magnitude of this for those that don't like they would classify our book as a graphic novel per se that's what they would call because of how big it is this first first book if you look at those sales in comparison to like the what's going to the north american comic book sales we've already destroyed any book that they've put out that's in this genre marvel be a dc image but we've destroyed anything that they put out all of 2021 uh, of course last year so it shows that Mm. Of course, this is a thirsty market wow. here, but we're doing something that they said could not happen. You can't do original characters. You have to race swap. You have to sexuality swap because people already have these characters that they're tied to and they recognize. And we show, no, you give them something interested that, that they can be interested in, then they will certainly, you know, you'll reap the benefits. Let's say that. And that's what's happening right now. So the next question is, um, people sometimes build businesses uh, and they become very, very successful, and a Facebook will come in and buy them uh, and just absorb them, sometimes to sit on them, sometimes to use them, but make it theirs. Would you sell if if they came to you and said, hey, we'll offer you 
whatever. Not interested. Would you sell? They could. They could sell it. They couldn't buy for a hundred million. They couldn't buy for a hundred billion because if they're willing mm. to pay for it that much, I can make that much myself. <laughs> uh, so I look at it from a, from a creative stand, standpoint, as well as as a businessman. The point of this whole thing that we're doing is that w- I looked at the industry. I saw a problem with it, a fundamental issue with it, and I wanted to do things my sort of own way. I took the, let's say, what people are doing like in a crowdfunding space. I took it, made it my own kind of spin on it, giving people the visual numbers so they can see it and all of that, while also – uh, already having the work done. I already paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to make sure that I can make this happen, which is why we can get it to the audience relatively quick. So if they came mm. to me with a dollar amount, I could refuse it because like, this is the whole point. I don't want to have to go through you guys. I want mm-hmm. to be able to show folks that we uh, can no. ha- do this in a far oh, more decentralized way than what it was uh, before. And yeah, as a libertarian, philosophically, that's that's what I want. Amen. I don't like the idea that there's these mega corporate entities, billion dollar corporate entities that have control of all of these properties. We have a direct, just with the internet and the technology alone, we have a direct line of sight with our audience. We don't have to go through the old guard anymore and that's probably what frustrates these guys more than anything if they oh, write yeah. these hit pieces it's that we're seeing success but we're also not going through them so they can't give me enough money yeah. to take my property not Amen. at all uh all right so eric uh can you give us just a, a one minute uh rundown of what the characters are what what's happening in book one yeah, so I sum issue number one. It deals with a character by the name of Avery Silman. He had before been a hero of sorts. He got his abilities. He started to be a hero. And there was an event that happened that, well, he decided to kind of walk away from it. So this story, I sum issue number one, kind of takes place with him after he had already been a hero. He's a regular blue collar uh, civilian kind of in Texas. He has his own ranch. He's doing his own thing. And his sister, Altona, gives him a call and wants him to visit an old friend because there was another different friend, a family friend that was interning with his sister. And she's like, hey, can you go check it? Check this out. She was interning with us. She's kind of gone missing. And last I heard, your old friend, Darren Fontaine, which is his name, has uh, had some sort of relation with her. Go look into it. So even though he doesn't like being in the city, he's going to, for the sake of his sister, for the sake of this old friend, he's going to go check this out. And, of course, he has kind of the longest day in, in his life meeting all these interesting characters that all of you guys are going to, of course, enjoy. I know people are going to love it. So yeah. uh, I wanted to tell this story in the way that it is because I don't think there's a lot of Texas heroes that are out there. And I was like, let's give it a shot. So is it a superpower? Yeah, he does, does have, he have a superpower. He does have superpowers. People will find mm. out exactly what those are uh, in the book. He does have certain abilities. It's not as I know people are guessing. That's the cool thing about comics. Everybody has their theories and everything. And we're already seeing that um, it, we did this in a very unique way. Did he fall into toxic waste, or was he bitten by a bat? <laughs> no, was it bitten by an animal that gave, huh. gave him his uh, his powers or anything like that? All right, <laughs> uh, I can't wait to I can't wait to get it, and I would like a first edition for our museum you got as it. well. You got it. I think I think this is going to be big, um, and you already know that. Uh, you, where can you go to uh, to buy one? Of course, ripperverse.com. You can go get the book. You can go get a bunch of other items that we have, mm. a couple of different covers, a few different covers, actually, as well mm. as different 
you got trading cards. You got all kinds of merchandise items, shirts, everything, hats. You can get all kinds of stuff that's associated with it over yeah. at Ripperverse.com. I love it. Ripperverse, R-I-P-P-A-verse.com. Eric, congratulations. We'll talk to you again, my friend. All right. See you soon. Bye-bye. Yep. <clears throat> love that. All right. Let me tell you about Goldline. Um Goldline is there as a hedge against inflation, but I I don't look at it as a uh, investment myself. I look at it as um, insurance against insanity. And if you don't think the world is insane now and still headed for crazier things, you're fooling yourself. Please call Goldline now and find out if you can take some of your uh, money from your 401k or your IRA and move some of your money into precious metals. Keep it there, but move it into precious metals as a hedge against the dollar. It's so important, and you can receive 6% in free promotional metals when you start an IRA or you add to an existing account. 6% adds up quickly. So don't sleep on that amount of free gold or silver. Make sure you call today and uh, do your own homework. Find out if it is right for you. It's right for my family. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. The Glenn Back Program. This is the Glenn Beck program. I am so excited for Eric July uh, and Ripaverse. I, mm. I just, I love the fact that we live in a time now that is completely unique and uh, may actually become extinct uh, at some point in the future. But we live in a time right now where the average person can make a huge impact. He I mean, was, look what he's doing. Yeah, he was just telling me uh, that it's even better than 30,000 copies of the first edition. He's already sold close to 50,000. And just to put that into oh perspective, uh, the best-selling comic book of the last year, I think, was uh, 24, 24,000 copies sold. So he's almost doubled that in his first effort. Pretty amazing. And it, it does well, show wait, that wait there's a, minute, a thirst 20, for it. 24,000 copies over the entire year? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And he's been out for a week. Yeah. Maybe two. And I don't think he's done yet. I don't think it's done. Oh, no. That's amazing. I think he's just getting started. So It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's <clears throat> that's great. Well, I'm coming uh, back to uh, Dallas for a couple of days. I've got to do a, a meeting. And so I'm coming back to Dallas. So I'll be in the studio with you tomorrow. Maybe we can have some... Uh, we can have some... Breakfast tacos, which are as unique as Hispanic women. Uh, That's a good (laughs) idea. (laughs) (laughs) She's so great. Isn't she wonderful? I think she's the worst, the worst first lady in my lifetime. I I can't think of it. No, No, I think she is. I think since at least Hillary Clinton. Mm, Hillary Clinton. That's pretty bad, but I I think Jill's worse because. How? She, she knows her husband is in a desperate situation here. His He's got cognitive okay, decline. Wait, 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 wait. She pushed wait, him so into it anyway. Different. 
She, that's different. Yeah. I would put her in the category of the worst human being to occupy the f- office of the first lady. Yes. In uh, in right. in my lifetime. Yes. But that doesn't make her the worst first lady. Uh, the other thing, she, I mean, every time you see her publicly, like the breakfast taco thing, like this from mm-hmm. a couple weeks before it when she was trying to pander to Hispanics. So say it with me. See, say Quadway. The future is ours. Thank you. <laughs> okay. You don't know Si Se Puede? Si Se Puadway? Si Se Puadway. Come on. Elmer Fudd. She was just channeling her best Elmer Fudd. Si Se Puadway. I'm going to get that Waska Wee Wabbit if it's a West thing I do. <laughs> Horrible. The last thing you do? The last thing I I'm do. I'm going to... I'm going to Broadway <laughs> and saying she's a Broadway. I had a mistake. I ended up in Broadway. Think about it. She's the worst. She might even be worse than Hillary Clinton. It's close. But I think no. she just nips her for worst no. of all time. This is the Glenn Beck Program.